Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, I'm glad to be back here with you for another podcast episode. Now today's episode is going to be talking about getting beyond mindset when coaching yourself or clients. For anyone who's been a part of the self-help industry, whether as an active participator in terms of reading books, getting coached, going to trainings, or as a deliverer of content, as a coach, as a facilitator, as a trainer, you are going to love today's episode. It's going to take a different approach than what you will see in pretty much all of the approaches out there right now in terms of training people on how to coach as well as on how to train your own mind. Because today's episode, we're getting beyond mindset. Mindset is important, it is crucial, but it is not the whole story and it truly is not enough. It is not enough to just coach yourself or get coached or coach others at the level of the mindset because we are not minds. We have a mind, it is our tool, but it is not who we are. And this issue of seeing ourselves just as a mind, separate from our soul, is a common issue. It's not just in the coaching world. I see it everywhere. We seem to forget or ignore the fact that we are spiritual beings. We are energetic. We are souls in a human experience. So let's stop separating out the soul aspect from our work, from how we show up, from how we communicate, from deciding what we want to do, from how we show up in relationships. We are here on this earth for a reason to express ourselves, but that expression doesn't mean denying the soul essence of who we are. So whatever your religious background, whatever your beliefs, this episode is going to help you get beyond the mindset piece and into the soul side of it. We cannot forget this. And I, for one, can't wait to share this information with you. I think it'll be transformative. It's truly transformed myself in my own coaching practice. I mean, I've had clients who've worked with me for several years now, and they've seen the change, and they continue showing up. They continue coming back. They continue uh, re-upping with me because of the continuous transformation, because they're getting results that can only come from being connected with your soul. So that is what today's episode is all about. It's going to talk about why we need the mind, yes, but we also need to get beyond it. So this isn't like an either or thing. It's not like mind versus soul or anything like that or ego versus soul. No, it's the integration of the two. It's bringing them together to be fully aligned in this life. 
So if there's just one thing for you to take from today's episode, I'd love it to be that your soul is required for long-term transformation. Well, what do I mean by that? I mean, you need to bring your soul into the conversation with yourself, with your coach, with your own practice of growing and evolving. And the reason this is also so important is because when we just look at the mind, we're forgetting our true essence, that soul side. We need the soul there because otherwise we just look at our mind and we get success, but we can feel detached from it. We can feel detached from ourselves. And it's because truly we have detached. We've disconnected our own self from our true essence, our soul side. And when we do that, it doesn't matter the successes we get, doesn't matter the accolades we get. We just won't be fulfilled because we're not getting to be us. So we need to bring that piece in. So you will, in this episode, get four components to what this looks like and why it matters. And you'll leave with some specific tips that will help you to bring your soul in more. Now, before we get into the episode, I have some thrilling information to share with you. So this is, this is like secret information. Hardly anyone knows about this. I've only told a couple people. <laughs> so guess what? You're now in the mix. You get to be a part of it too. And I wanted to tell you all first before making a larger announcement, uh, because one, I really value you all for listening to me in the podcast. And, and two, honestly, I just, I don't want to not share it anymore because I'm just so, so thrilled for, for what's to come. Okay. So I am leading a soul activation coach certification program. This program has not officially launched yet. Like I mentioned, only a couple people know about it. And I wanted to make sure to tell you so you could get in on the pre-launch rate. The rate is only $800 for three months. And this program it is going to dive into how we activate ourselves at the soul level. As a coach, you can use this information to help your clients get massive transformations beyond the level of the mind. You can use it to make more money as a coach as clients continue to re-up with you because they're getting so much value. They just keep coming back. And you can use it as a coach to help you attract clients that you want to work with, the ones that fit what you're here to do, the ones that really resonate with your message and your way and your style, because you'll know how to market yourself in that way using the Soul Activation Framework. And as a coach, you'll be able to teach your own clients this framework as well so that they know how to integrate their soul with their ego and together combine them to get amazing results. You'll also know how to use it on yourself. Now, this is designed for coaches or coaches who believe in the value of bringing soul into their work, who see that mindset, yes, is important, is crucial, is vital, but it is not the whole story. And they want to dive in to the greater picture, to the spiritual essence of who we are and weave that into their coaching from a place that is soul-led, heart-filled, and supportive of all of who we are as humans, as souls. So that is the program. I am so excited to be sharing this with you. Like I mentioned, it has not launched yet. Right now, the beta round pre-launch price is $800. 
It will never be offered at this price again. And this price will increase as soon as I officially launch. So this is not going to be a a forever offer here. So if you are feeling called, you are hearing this and you're hearing a yes, this is for me. I'm ready to go. I don't need any more details. I'm already in. Then send me a message. Email me at lisa at beliefseed.com. That way I can make sure to secure your spot at this rate It's $800 for three months of live calls included with it, the actual framework with it, opportunities to get coached, receive coaching, get feedback on that coaching. This is an incredible opportunity for any coach out there as a tool to bring into your current practice or as a way to kick off a coaching practice as well. So it's there for you in that capacity. Now, if you're not a coach, And you're still hearing this and saying, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I want you to know you are still invited to join. It is designed for coaches, yes, so it will be teaching how to coach others. But guess what? When you know how to coach others, you also improve on your ability to coach yourself. So a massive component of doing this training is you'll get so much clearer on why you're getting the results in your life that you're getting and how to help yourself to show up in a way that's more connected to you. So if you want in on this program, even if you're not a coach, you are welcome to join. Again, it's designed for coaches. That is who it is made for, but you're still invited to come on in if it's something that is calling to you. Okay. Now, I wanna share our work win for today. Today, I am celebrating a specific client of mine. He just had his first article published. I am so excited for him. Now, when we started working together, this was not something that he had been doing, but uh, as we were working together, he secured a freelance position with writing articles, and this article, his first one, just published. I read it. It was quite helpful. I've actually um, reached out and shared it with with some others already because I, I thought it had so much great input in it. This client, I can't stop there. That's not the end of the celebration. He's secured an interview for a position that is a stretch position for him, and he's getting actively sought out. He had a recruiter reach out to him just last week saying, hey, we think you'd be a great fit for this position. Are you interested? And he is. And so he's now getting passively sought out. And when I said to him, I said, hey, this is amazing. How do you think this happened? At first he said, oh, you know, it just, it just seemed to fall into place or it just seemed like it just showed up, it happened to be. And I said to him, well, you know, yes, this came to you, but why do you think it did? Why do you think it came to you? He paused and then he goes, it's my energy. My energy has shifted. And now with that shifting energy, he's seen results. He's seen the things that he's wanting for his life coming to him. This is the power of coaching beyond the level of the mind because it's bringing the soul into it. It's taking an energetic approach to helping you align with yourself with what you want and moving forward from that place. So congratulations to this client. I can't wait to see as things continue to come his way as he fully shows up and embodies all of who he is. 
Okay, now here we go. We are getting into the episode. I mentioned to you the main purpose is to see we need to bring our soul into the conversation when it comes to coaching ourselves and coaching our clients. Now, I want to share four reasons why this is and what you can do to help yourself with each of those reasons. And this way, you'll leave this episode with some specific tips to apply and a greater understanding for the importance of the soul within that is each and every one of us. All right, the first thing I want to share. When we coach at the level of the mind, we're looking at our thoughts and we're looking at what's coming up for us and here's the thing our mindset coaching this is not always the case but what I often see is it looks at the current moment from situation to situation and unless we're actively looking beyond that we can miss some of the truths and the greater understandings underneath and what I find is coaches will see the thoughts that their clients have and they'll use that to say, this is the cause of what is happening. This is why you're getting the results you get. And yes, the thought does indicate what's going on. It shows you where you're at. So yes, we want to look at those thoughts. We want to understand what the thought is showing us for our lives. But I want us to stop seeing the thought as the cause And instead, I want us to think of the thought as a clue. Thought not as the cause, but the clue. Why is this? Well, because when we use the thought as a clue, it invites us to consider the deeper reason behind what's going on. Because we don't have thoughts pop up willy-nilly. They're coming from our energy. They're coming from the situation we're in. They're coming from the energetic essence of where we are at, how we are feeling. They, they're triggered. And if we just look at the thought and stop there, we miss out on the greater context of discovery that we can have. So we need to look beyond the thought. This doesn't mean to ignore the thought or not think of the thought as a valuable resource, but it does mean seeing the thought and not stopping with what it is. So for instance, if you notice you have a thought like, I'm going to fail, don't just stay in that place of noticing that thought, trying to shift that thought or trying to uncover why that thought's not true. Because yes, you can play around with that and you can tweak it and you can change it and you can help yourself see new ways and that is useful. But what it misses is the greater context. What is causing you to think that thought? And you might say, well, it's because of my past. It's because of what's happened. It's because of this and that and this. And you provide all this evidence for why that thought might be true. But what we're missing out is, why is it so important to you not to fail? We're missing out on the value. We need to see what our mind and and I'm going to say what our ego is valuing that is causing it to be so important for us not to fail, that's causing it to be so important for us to highlight the thought that we could fail. Why? Why think that? Why focus there? What's the reason behind it? We need to get there. So thoughts are the clue. Don't just stop and think of them as the cause. Think of them as a clue. This opens it up in a way where you can start to see greater themes going on in your own life 
and in the lives of your clients. If you are a coach, it's a way for you to get to coach beyond just that level. My coach certification program will teach you how to do this. And so that way you'll be able to guide your clients into seeing the values that need to be addressed, the values that they're living from that they don't know that they're living from. I want to talk to you about the second thing that will be really helpful for you to know. Feelings by themselves are not the reason we do something or don't do something. And if we focus just on the feelings, saying how we feel is determining how we act, and that's the whole story, we miss out on the complexity of being human. Because yes, our feelings influence our behaviors. 100%, there's no denying that. But often, what's guiding our behaviors is not a feeling alone. It's our values. Again, we're back to the values piece. We take action in response to how we feel and to what we value. So our feelings become less of the source of how we are behaving and more of an indicator of what's going on within as well as something for us to work through in order to achieve our values. Here's an example of why this is important. If we just responded to our feelings, most of my clients would never interview for a job because they are nervous to interview. They have thoughts that they don't want to interview. They don't want to mess up. They don't like the feeling of being uncomfortable in that interview. They get nervous because they're afraid they could fail. And if that were the whole story, they would feel nervous, concerned, afraid, and they wouldn't interview. So why is it then that they go to that interview anyways? Why is it then that they show up and do the thing that's hard? It's not because of a feeling. It's because of a value. They are committed to getting a job. They know it's important. That value drives them forward. It gives them a sense of determination, which you could say is another feeling. They feel determined, so they feel determined and nervous. Okay, well, if you have two feelings happening at the same time, and guess what? We are complex beings. We have many feelings happening at the same time, not always in our own awareness, but they're there. They're happening. So then what? How can that mean that feelings predict behavior? Is it what you're feeling the strongest? No. It's your values. It's what are you valuing in this moment? Or said another way, what need has not been met? And I want us to think about needs as values that are not yet fulfilled. So it's a need. It's something that you are needing. You have this value. You maybe haven't seen it come to fruition. Now it becomes a need. That's the way we're talking about it in today's episode. Another example of how this shows up. When I was younger, I don't actually know how old I was, but we had something called the Aquatic Center and it was this indoor pool. It was quite large and uh, exciting to go to because there was so much going on and you could go in the middle of the winter and still get to swim in this gorgeous pool. And part of the Aquatic Center was it had the high dive. It's because there was a dive team, I think a high school team nearby that would use the aquatic center 
to train and practice diving for competitions. So it was a, I don't know what you would say, an official (laughs) high dive in this pool. And I was pretty young. I, I wish I could say how old, but I honestly am not sure. But I was I was young. I mean, I'm thinking about the house that I lived in. So I was like younger than in third grade. So anyways, I knew how to swim. Wasn't like an amazing swimmer, but you know, I, I could get in the pool and, and swim. But I'd never gone on the high dive. And I told my mom that I wanted to go on the high dive. And she looked at me and she goes, okay, honey, go for it. And so here I go climbing up this ladder. And I still remember this to this day, how it felt climbing up that ladder. I remember the feel of the diving board underneath my bare feet once I got to the top. And I remember the feeling walking to the edge. And I still see the scene of me looking down at the water so far below. I remember standing up there, frightened. I did not know if I was going to jump. But I also knew that it was happening. Because I valued seeing what I could do, expressing what I wanted, standing out, differentiating myself in that way, surprising myself with my own ability to To get things done, to do things, was more valuable to me in that moment than the comfort of staying secure and turning around. I also believed that I would probably be okay. It wasn't likely that my mom would tell me I could do this thing if I was going to drown and die. Like, it could happen, of course. I knew, standing up at that high dive, all bets were off. Anything could happen. But I I felt like I was going to be okay. So I was nervous and also grounded in a knowing that even though things could go wrong, I was going to move forward anyways. So in that moment, I had a lot of feelings. Exhilaration excitement, fear, paranoia, calm, all at the same time, because there was a lot going on within me. I had different values showing up. A value of security and a value of expression were both there. But here's the thing. I felt like my value for security, while incredibly important, was going to be okay. Like I probably wouldn't die. And if I did, If something went wrong, it was worth getting to show up and be me. It was worth not holding back in my life. I didn't want a life defined by not truly showing up and going all in. And so I jumped. I remember the rush of the air across my body, across my skin. And it wasn't a pretty jump. It was like, um, is it a pe- called a pencil dive where I literally just took like one jump and was completely, you know, straight feet first, <laughs> perfect, not perfect posture, but like, you know, stiff as a board type of situation here, dove straight into the water. I remember how the water felt when it touched my skin. I remember going down, 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 deep into the pool. And I remember the bubbles all around me and swimming up, up, up to the surface. I remember opening my eyes, looking up, 
because I hadn't yet reached the surface feeling like I was about to run out of air, but not to the point where I was completely unable to keep moving. It was just this thing like, oh my goodness, I need to swim harder to get back to the surface. And I popped my head up above the surface and my life had changed. I showed myself what I could do. It wasn't that my feelings drove my behavior. It was that my values allowed me to move forward even when I felt nervous. And those values, of course, also allowed me to feel exhilarated about the jumping, the going on this dive. So I will acknowledge that the feeling of exhilaration was also there. Did that play a part in my behavior? Yes, of course. But it's not that our feelings alone are the source of what we do and don't do. That would make us equivalent to... I don't even know what, like that would just turn us into this simple machine where we have something happen and then we respond. We have something happen and then we respond. And we know that's not the case because while we can often predict how people will behave, we can never actually know. We don't really know. We can just give our best guess. And why don't we know? Because we don't know what's going on within them. We don't know what they're valuing in that moment. We don't know what's driving them forward. We don't know what commitments they've made to themselves that maybe they don't even know, but are driving how they're showing up. This is why we can't say our feelings alone create our behavior. There is more to this story and we need to make sure to acknowledge those pieces. All right. I have another, a third piece I want to share with you. And before I do that, I also want to say my dog pirate is in here with me. He doesn't usually join me for the recording case, but today when he saw I was in the, in the studio, I call it the studio. It's, it's a walk-in closet because the sound quality is so much better in here. And there's something really cozy about sitting in here uh, with just the, the comfort I don't know. It feels really comfortable. Anyways, Pirate jumped on in the closet in here with me today for my my recording session. So I thought I'd, I'd let him join. So please forgive if you can hear him. He does like to lick his paws as his own form of self-care. So you might hear that in the background. Uh, no, it's just Pirate. All right. The third component that I want to make sure to talk about today. Let's not just coach ourselves or our clients from a place grounded in the physical nature of us as humans. And I touched on this earlier. It's important enough of a point to bring up again here. We are not humans that are just in this physical body, in this physical realm with a mind, with emotions, with a body. That's not all of who we are. It's maybe what we can see and acknowledge at a conscious level, but it is not the whole story. We are souls having a human experience in this life to transform, to experience, to gain new understandings about what it means to be. Why is this important? Because often we just look at our thoughts or we look at our feelings or we look at how we physically feel. And that is important and crucial and necessary. But when we do that separate from our soul, we stay disconnected. We need to stop showing up for ourselves only at the human level. We have reached a time, a space, an experience level in society, in humanity, right now, in 
this moment on this planet at this time where we are ready to reignite the soul, to bring it back into the picture, to stop looking at life from this mental approach, from a feeling approach that's still based in a mental mindset, and instead embrace all of who we are. We are energetic essences. We each are an individual soul here to express. Let's stop thinking about ourselves not in this way. Let's stop making energy, making God, making who we are separate from the divine. We each are divine. We each have that divine soul within. We each are limitless. We each are energetic. When we ignore this truth, what happens is we go to work, we coach ourselves on our mind, and we get success, and we feel better, and that's good. That's important, and that's helpful. But we're still disconnected if that's where the story ends. We're not tapping into our fullness of who we are, our soul's expression, what it came here to do. Our soul has its own value system. It has desires that it wants to express, and it has situations it wants to experience. And if we don't let ourselves acknowledge the soul side of us, we cut ourselves off from the experiences we're meant to have. Work can be spiritual. It is spiritual when you let yourself bring that side of you in. Every aspect of life can be that way. Doing the dishes can be a soul-filled experience. Now, I will admit, that is one I need to work on. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I kind of laughed inside because uh, I am not always the best about doing the dishes. So husband of mine, I love you so much. If you are listening to this, you probably laughed as well. I hear you. And this is probably a great place for my own growth in terms of incorporating all of who I am into doing the dishes. So wanted to just pause and acknowledge that for a second. But what this is getting at is how alive we can feel. And when we know what's going on in our mind, that helps us to feel, I mean, it's awareness. So it helps us to be an understanding of where we're at and what's showing up. It helps us to be grounded. It helps us to flow with life. What we want to do is go to the next step after that, which is true aliveness. Because if we just approach things in a way where you're not acknowledging the soul inside, you're kind of living life dead or or I guess more like half alive where you're getting your needs met, you're having successes, but you just don't fully feel ignited. You don't feel alive. And feeling alive doesn't mean always feeling joyful. And I think that's where people get this, you know, a little confused. Being connected to your soul does not mean a life of only joy. It means a life of richness and emotions. It means a life connected to all of you. Because our soul, the way that I was actually talking to my soul about this earlier, I've mentioned the, my soul before. Uh, 
loving light is the name I use with with my soul. You're you're welcome to name your own soul or have your soul name themselves. <laughs> That's really how mine emerged. And what was shared was the soul wears sadness like a sweater. Meaning it puts it on because it wants to feel the fabric across itself and wants to know what it means to have that against the skin, to have that as an experience to be had. The soul wears sadness like a sweater. Means it it isn't that the soul is sad. It's wearing sadness to see and experience what that is like. It's not a bad sweater. It's not that the happy sweater is a better sweater than the sad sweater. They're just different sweaters. Each sweater, a time and place, an opportunity to experience, a rush to be had. So that is what I mean when I'm talking about being alive, the richness of being human as a soul means being in the emotions, the rush of them, the feeling of them, without making them good or bad, positive or negative, right or wrong. No judgment needed, just experience. And yes, you can learn from the emotion. They do have insights to share. They are clues. So there are ways to gain the wisdom of each emotional experience we're having. Let's not villainize the experiences. Let's also not only experience them at the ego level. Like it is an emotion that you're noticing, a a feeling, a sensation. There is a bodily aspect to it that we need to feel in order to, to process. But when we do that from a place where we're bracing ourselves for it, at the ego level, trying to control the emotion, it's like when you go on a roller coaster and you're tense. And the whole time, your whole body is like all tensed up and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing here? And because you're so tense, every movement that the roller coaster makes, especially on those wooden ones, jostles your body to its core and you feel like you're going to get bruised from it. You're bracing yourself. You're trying to get through it. That's what it's like when you're approaching your emotion just at the ego level because you're trying to control something that's not yours to control. We have to let ourselves fully feel it. We have to let ourselves be in it. We have to trust and surrender that it's going to be okay. And trust doesn't come from the mind. It comes from the soul. That's the source of trust. It's at the soul level. True, deep trust. Not trust contingent upon past experiences of what's going to happen. That's ego trust. No, soul level trust is just trusting the experience that you're having. Not that it'll turn out a certain way, but trusting that it is what it is and it's meant to happen simply because it is happening and not trying to fight that. When you're in that trust, you're not tense in the same way so you can flow with it. There might still be some tension there because it's not like we don't have an ego anymore. The ego's still there, but what you have is you can have this balance of the ego maybe is still a little bit tense, but the soul trust is also there. So you're able to get through it from that place. The other example I wanted to share, you know how when you're working out, you're not supposed to hold your breath as you do your reps. If you hold your breath, 
sometimes we do that because we we want to force ourselves through it. We want to push. So we like start holding our breath to get through it. But when we do that, it's the same thing. We disconnect from ourselves. Our breath, the exhale is what helps us be in flow. It helps us to connect at that soul level. It helps us to be with the motions of it, to feel the pain, the burn of the workout without trying to resist it. This is what we mean by bringing the soul into the picture. I'm not just talking about letting go of resistance. Because if you just let go of resistance and you don't check in with your soul, you're kind of like free flowing, but without the grounded connection with who you are. So it's not just letting go of resistance. But in order to connect to that soul level, you do want to let go of the need to control from the ego, which means letting go of resistance, but from a place of connection, from a place of being tapped into you, who you are at the soul level. Okay, the fourth point I want to share with you today. We cannot just look at the soul alone as the whole perspective. This point needs to be made because what happens sometimes is people think being spiritual means disconnected from their ego. So there's this whole thing out there about the death of the ego and needing to be done with the ego. And we're not actually saying that. That's not what this episode is about. I've really been emphasizing the soul side because oftentimes that's the thing that we're denying. But now this last point is so crucial because what it is, is it's bringing the ego into the picture. We're not just looking at the soul without the ego there. Because guess what? Our soul came here to have this physical experience. In order to do that, it created the ego as our tool to interact with this physical world. So we need the ego. It's just not practical to assume there is no ego. The thing that we need, though, is we need a healthy ego. We need to help our ego have a sense of fulfillment in order for it to let go of the need to control so that our soul can fully play and show up. So what we have to do is make room for the ego to be there. It's not soul good, ego bad. No, it's not that simple. I think another tip from this whole episode is the complexity of what it means to be human. It is not the simple relationship of, oh, it's about the soul, not the ego. No, it's about both. That's what the Soul Activation Coach Certification teaches. It's a framework that incorporates both because you need to be aligned in both. We need to integrate the needs of the ego with the desires of the soul. This is how we show up fully in this life. This is why mindset coaching is important, but not enough because the mindset looks at the ego side. Even mindset focused on feelings and letting go when done from an egoic perspective forgets the soul side. But when we only focus on the soul side, we do this thing that's like spiritual bypassing. And what that expression means is you try to go to this place that's light and fluffy and amazing of being really evolved, like just connected to the soul, uh, forgetting the ego, forgetting the needs, forgetting what you want. And that's not the point. The point is the richness of emotion. The point is to let yourself have the full experience of being human, which means there's going to be situations that you don't like. 
And it's okay to not like them. You don't have to try to feel okay with every situation. And what it means is that you're here to have opinions, really. You don't have to have an opinion about everything, though. Don't think a lack of opinion means there's something wrong. Check in with yourself at that soul level. See what comes up. Is this something I want to have an opinion about? If yes, what's the opinion? If no, move on. Our soul is here to express, which means it has its wants. It has its desires. It has this whole life that it's here to live and have. And it's not that it's predestined to the point where you have no say. It's that there's like a, think of it like a theme, the theme of your life, the things that you're here to learn and experience. And it doesn't matter how you do that. There's countless, limitless opportunities for how that could show up. Our soul finds different ways to help us live and get the knowledge that we're after. We don't even need to be aware of what it is. I like to um, help my clients identify their theme, that purpose, because it gives their ego a sense of stability. And that helps them forward to not get so stuck in their own mind and their own thoughts. So I'm not against uncovering a sense of purpose. But I also want to share, if you feel disconnected from it, one, reach out to me. Join me in one-on-one coaching. We can help you with that. Two, join my Soul Activation Certification Program, and you can help yourself and others with that. And three, it's okay if you don't feel like you know what it is. You don't have to know. You just don't have to know. That isn't something that has to be a conscious piece of awareness for you. You can just use that element again of soul level trust, trust at the soul level, and knowing the experiences you're having are giving you the insights that you're here to have. That's why you're here. So to wrap this up, four things we talked about. We can't look at mindset alone because that doesn't give us the greater picture of who we are. We can't just look at feelings as a driver of behavior because it misses out on the values of our ego and our soul. We can't just treat ourselves as the physicalness of what we are and only look at that. We miss the larger part. And we can't just look at the soul side because when we do that, it's just not realistic. We're, we're human and we're physical. And that means interacting at the physical level, being human, having an ego, using the ego. It's not about killing off the ego. It's about integrating the ego with the greater picture of who we are, the soul inside. Bottom line, the soul is a necessary element for true, massive, long-term, lasting transformation. Mindset is important. It is not enough. The soul will help you implement truly on what you want and what you don't want to help you forward. The steps from today will give you some insights about how you can bring this into your own life. And if you are ready to go and you want in on this, you want to know how to do this in yourself and your clients using the Soul Activation Framework. This is a brand new framework. I have not uh, taught it ever before. If you want in on this, join me. Get the pre-launch rate. I've already had two spots taken from the very few people that I've told about this. So you'll want to make sure to claim your spot now if this is resonating for you. It's $800. That is the only time that it will be this rate. That is the pre-launch beta round rate. So if you want that rate, you'll want to message me now. You can reach out in my email at lisa 
at beliefseed.com. I'll also link that email in the show notes so you can see them there. All right, you all, that's what I have for you today. Enjoy and remember, bring your soul into the conversation. It's there to be your guide. Use it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you loved what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I help my clients to show up and do their work their way with soul. Whether it's so you can excel in your current role or so you can figure out what you want for your next role and get that role, coaching can help you get there. It begins with a consult. Sign up for yours by going to believeseed.com slash schedule. This is your free call and it is that first step towards that new life, that transformation into you doing your work in your way with salt.